0: Welcome to Well Good Movies, the podcast that gives you the movies well worth watching, even if there are some duds along the way. Combining questions, trivia and games, every episode we're challenged to watch a piece of film history to decide whether it deserves to be remembered for all time in our movie vault. With every film chosen in our previous episode, it's the perfect way to watch and discuss along at home. But don't just take my word for it. Here's a snippet of what to expect in today's episode. The other one that stands out to me, and again, I don't think, again, this isn't regret, but I think the only one which I look back on, and as we said before... You, you know, say Anna in the Apocalypse I'm no, killing No, I'm not you. saying Anna in the Apocalypse. I think you will agree with me on this one. All right, Mr. Demille, I'm ready for my close-up. Are you not
1: entertained? I am the one. I'll be back. Here's Johnny. Oh, hi, Mark. They call me Mr. Tips. I'm only supposed to blow the bloody
0: doors off well good movies hello and welcome to well good movies the podcast that asks which movies are well worth watching and deserve to be remembered for all time i'm your host david Oscar, joined by our own mad titan fresh off of our Endgame special
1: it's craig mcdonald happy new year craig happy new year although i do want to specify that everyone survived the end game special you're making it sound like i just sort of like snapped half of them out if they didn't get a good score well this is an uh, end game now so i'll snap and you know you maybe you'll fight fade away <laughs> that would be a grim start to the year i don't know it sounds like an absolute blessing in disguise for me <laughs> so um any new year's resolutions this year yeah, I, I feel like I've been a bit too kind to people. Okay. Um, so that's gonna change.
0: <laughs> right. So like the reverse of Scrooge then.
1: <laughs> yeah, basically. Free Ghost visited me and it all it did was remind me of my own mortality. So uh it's number one from here on right out. I want to make that film
0: now. Just you get visited by three ghosts and they're just showing you these traumatic things in your life. And you're like, no, I am justified in what I feel. And they're like, no, you, you need to change. You're like, no. <laughs> so that would, that would be good. So, uh, yeah. Uh, did you watch anything interesting over
1: Christmas as well? No.
0: Oh. <laughs> <again>. <laughs>
1: my my Christmas was me boarded up and just ignoring everything going on.
0: Well, uh, there was definitely kind of slim pickings i felt in some ways of like new films obviously we had like glass onion on netflix i think there was some stuff added to disney plus but mainly their focus was on like the guardians holiday special which came out like in november etc so there wasn't all that too many new films till like I watch at home
1: to be fair I, I i say that i did watch a couple of things such as i have watched glass onion i have watched uh del de toro's pinocchio mm um obviously i watched the guardian special i've watched it a couple times now i I genuinely love that thing
0: something we mentioned uh a few weeks ago i think was the santa claus series which i wanted to bring up again because the way that that ended i just thought i need to tell craig about this because i think you're gonna have the same problem with it as i did and i'm assuming again you don't care for spoilers with this thing
1: i mean it's you, you remember what my christmas rule is now and what is what is today's date or just month? What is the month? January. <laughs> January! Yeah, there's no way I'm touching that thing. Yeah, exactly.
0: I assume you kind of respect the original, you know, premise or concept of, like, Santa dying and him having to, like, yes. take over the role, you know, take the coat after he falls off. The Does roof. he retire and give it to someone else? Well, the entire concept of the series is that. So from the get-go, he's already like, oh, I think I want to, like, give this up now. It, You know, times are changing. Right. And I need to focus on my family. And the idea is meant to be that... In the third film, I think, his wife is pregnant, so they've got two children who've grown up in the North Pole and don't know anything about the outside world. So now it's, you know, whatever. 15, 18 years later, those are now teenagers and, like, all they know is the North Pole and Christmas and everything. So... He is like, oh, I want to have, like, a normal life for my family. And the elves are like, oh, well, there is actually a clause which can get you out of the Santa Claus and means that you can go have a normal life and then we'll find a new Santa to replace you. So then the series becomes a part of, like, find a new Santa, get him to get readjusted to real life, etc. So... Okay. Part one episode then is, like, literally they go back to Chicago, um, they bring in the new Santa, and then... His family starts living their life. They all are happy with, like, the way that things are progressing and how they're meeting new people and careers and stuff, but Scott is, like, sad because he doesn't have, like, any meaning in his life now, and he's struggling after becoming Santa. So Bernard reappears because a lot of people were upset that he wasn't in the series from the get-go, but understandably he was still, like, a child-slash-teenager in the first films, whereas now he's, like, a 30-, 40-year-old man who, like, is quite overweight and doesn't look anything like Bernard anymore because... Those elves are meant to be children in those uh, films. Yeah. So he reappears and uh, they make some cock and bull reason as to why he looks the way he does now um, and basically takes Scott on this, like, Scrooge-type journey of, like, seeing why he was always destined to be Santa and why he should be Santa going forward. So they go back to the moment in which Santa Claus falls off the roof and he's like, yeah, I get it, you know, like he accidentally fell off the roof and then... The actual Santa that fell off the roof like appears to him and I'll give them credit he did look exactly the same and he was like no Scott that was never what happened do you not think it was a bit convenient that I just died from falling off a roof don't you think I've done that before so we then after that go to like this yule tied hall in which, like, all the Santas of, like, generations appear. So, like, literally people with, like, religious gear and, like, Krampus and all different versions of Santa from around the world appear and tell him that he was destined to become Santa and because Santa was made as this, like, magical being, that Santa Claus that fell off the roof felt that the magic was starting to fade out because, like, new technology was coming in and they felt that the only way to get around that was to get an actual human person to become Santa and that they could bring in the collaboration of technology and magic together. But also, this is, like, the really stupid thing. He was like, and also hopefully have a family in the North Pole so the family line could continue of the Santa Claus. I was like, so you wanted to embrace nepotism in the Santa Claus world <laughs> yes. and they created, they fabricated the entire Santa Claus thing. So that was never a thing. They just made that up. And like in the first film, Bernard is like, you know, just goes along with it. So the Santa clauses and all those rules, all the cards was just made up by them to make Scott believe that's why he became Santa when it wasn't, he was the chosen one chosen because he had like, the spirit of Christmas within him. And then they flash back to when he was a child and he saw Santa come down the chimney. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, for God's sake. So I'm assuming you have the same reaction of like the, the kind of like respectable idea of the dark idea in the first film that like, you know, some guy accidentally kills Santa is like, oh, that was really dark for them to go down. That's kind of a fun idea. But no, it wasn't. It was like they had to kind of like make it
1: lighter. It's also just really, like, have they not listened to any criticism that anyone's levied against this idea of the chosen one narrative? Mm, Yeah. That people are just sort of rightfully rebelling against because it is such a done, stupid idea. Mm. And just, like, where's the joy in randomness anymore? Yeah.
0: Like, come on. And I just liked, obviously, as somebody you made something like The Waiting Room, I quite liked the idea of just like, oh, there's this magical world which has all this formality to it. This, you know, the Santa yeah. Claus. You know, the idea that the elves are like beholden. Because I think even in that first film, he arrives and he's like, oh... And they're like, you the new guy? And, you know, I love that idea. I love the fact that the elves just don't care. They're like, yep, you're the new Santa, whatever. Are you the one to put on the coat? I like the idea that that could happen again and potentially Scott could, like, slip and die and they wouldn't give a shit. They would just move on with the next one. But the idea that they were all under some kind of, like, guise, I'm like, no, that takes away, like, what is mainly interesting about that And also film. just
1: this idea of, of yeah, we want him to bring his entire family here. Yeah. That's not really going to last too long considering. like guy and wife fair enough they have kids yeah who the hell are the kids gonna get with in the north pole yeah that's true unless unless they just start creating some weird like human elf hybrid i guess it would be the same logic as in
0: the santa claus 2 in which then his son would have to find a mrs claus from the real world i guess but
1: essentially they're creating a system in which women are randomly abducted from the human world (laughs) and just brought to the north pole So yeah, that was an interesting watch for me
0: over Christmas. I don't know why I watched it, but I was just like, I watched the old films and I was kind of like intrigued. But uh, yeah, I wasn't surprised that they just went down this very generic and stupid way of kind of like, oh, let's overcomplicate something or like try to rewrite it when it didn't even need rewriting at all. Interesting New Year's and Christmas for both of us. Uh, Obviously, if you haven't guessed, then it's just me and Craig here. Uh, for this bonus episode, which is our Movie Vault update. So this is a now annual thing. We did this last year before we started our chain of movies, and we give you an update on everything that was in the Movie Vault prior. And uh, we're going to give you another update today as to what is in there so far um, from all the episodes uh, we've done. But we'll also be using this as a kind of recap for some of the films that we've recently discussed. Uh, We recapped some of them back in our mid-year update, uh, but we'll be talking about some of the ones that we haven't got to sort of look back on since uh, halfway through the year. Uh, But we've got some questions that uh, we've had on socials as well. We said today that uh, we are recording our update episode. So um, a few friends of the show have uh, tweeted us to ask us a few questions. So we'll uh, throw some of those in now. So first of all, we've got uh, our good friend Lucy who joined us on the Beetlejuice uh, episode for Halloween. And she asks two questions. Uh, Craig, I'll give this one to you. Why did you make me watch the Pudsey movie? What's wrong with you?
1: <laughs> Look, I mean, one, I, I never intended for that film to turn <laughs> up. You have to literally blame Ed Mason and Alex McCready for that one, for literally winning an Endgame special and the decision to have any episode be about any film, they chose Pudsey the dog, the movie. It just so happens that when invites for that episode went out, you offered to join, from what I understand. Uh, David can field what that conversation actually looked like. But, yeah, you willingly came on for that one, so you can't really claim... That we, it's not like, we, you know, we, we bound you up and held you against your will.
0: No, nope. <laughs> that's very true. Uh,
1: but... I mean, David gave me a look there, and it was as if like, don't reveal the secret,
0: Crane. <laughs> and uh, Lucy also asks, what's the best film of 2022?
1: I feel really sort of boring making this, because I see a lot of lists uh highlighting this film but i think it's probably being highlighted for a good reason uh which is everything everywhere all at once
0: yes yeah 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 that's also what i would say at this stage i think without seeing some of the awards contenders
1: it is just the film that has the most character the most novel ideas and just actually executes them in a way which i think is relatively hard to critique
0: yeah and it's yeah like you said it's it's the most creative it's very out there it combines like you know character journeys along with mad action and just being inventive with like quite a modest budget so i think it's it's worthy of its praise and yeah there might definitely be some other ones since that could maybe top it or awards contenders but even some of those i think are kind of more what you've seen in terms of i don't want to say oscar bait because obviously some of them are you know very well made films but they are more the types of stories that we've been used to. Is this is just com- something completely different and crazy off the wall?
1: Yeah. Although I think it's very clear that for anyone who knows me and my sort of film taste and what my favorite film is, there is one film potentially gearing itself up to be like up there for me, depending on if it actually sticks the landing and et cetera. But which is Babylon?
0: Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's true. And whether that would be considered 2022 or 2023 yeah. film, is up to debate. But yeah. Thus, yeah definitely one which i'm looking forward to uh next one comes from Nile, who asks what are your individual favorite movies that you think are very bad but love anyway or your favorite so bad it's good motion pictures
1: yeah i mean i've got a very I, i've got a very safe answer and i think it's just the only one that i can really give which is just the room like i'm like it fulfills the criteria i don't know what else you're looking for i mean if you wanted one that i've seen purely this year i've basically got to give a shout out to killer pinata okay. um as much as like it's the only like really really bad film i've seen this year that i gained some element of enjoyment out of because they just embraced what the hell that film is which is just a pinata killing people <laughs> yeah
0: no I, I think when it's so bad it's good you know, obviously like the you know the room does come straight to mind um but i guess that's not as much of a personal choice but just the, as you said, sort of good. I mean, it's one. my
1: personal choice.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess in terms of like, maybe it's so bad it's good just because of a lot of the memes that have come from it now. But also I would say for me, like a lot of films that are like a very bad but love anyway. I think a lot of those types of films for me are ones I'd be like, no, I would actually be willing to justify and defend that film. You know, I think that there's a lot of ones that people call trash or think are crap. I'm like, no, I think that there's a lot of redeemable stuff and people are too harsh on it. But one that I can admit that it's like, okay there are flaws with it i can understand the problems with it but i can still get a lot out of it is spider-man 3 just yeah, because fair. of you know an attachment to the raimi films as a whole but also especially now that we do have the like bully Maguire memes you know we have the dance you know there's so many much great stuff that's come from that film and like i said i'm even willing to defend some of the you know, shoddy storytelling in terms of like the amnesia storyline. I think it does add a bit of goofy sort of drama to to the film. And I even think that Venom is okay in that film. Obviously, he doesn't get that much kind of spotlight, but the Venom films do nothing for me in terms of like, oh, look at him; he's finally able to do the action stuff that we want. And I'm like, I just don't find that very thrilling. <laughs> Spider-Man Three, my my choice there now. Uh, hopefully, you respect it as somebody who does also appreciate the Ramy films. But yeah. Uh, also uh, we mentioned earlier obviously fresh off the end game special so we'll use this opportunity to update you on our fundraiser for the RSPCA so uh, when we recorded the end game special that was like early uh, in the sort of phase of getting the word out there and uh, launching the fundraising page etc and we are very happy to announce that since we have done it we have reached uh, just about £400 uh, in fundraising on that page so absolutely astounded at you know exceeding the target we put at 250 pounds and thank you so 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 much for everyone who's donated um it really does mean a lot and hopefully that money you know really you know is able to make a change
1: yeah it's a genuinely incredible effort from all of you and i'm very happy with you all apart from my friends who did very little and david would remind me of this on a weekly basis well, we'll see what is the fundraiser hopefully next year because, you know, it's
0: been fantastic. We've been able to raise all of this money. So, you know, definitely we would love to see a return next year. So if it's a charity that's more to people's hearts next year, then uh, maybe then we can put a bigger target, have different people do- donate, et cetera. And like you said, we know that it's harsh times, difficult times, which is partly why we did the fundraiser, but also why we understand that not everyone can donate, et cetera. But sharing the word, sharing the page, all of it is much appreciated. So yeah, thank you everyone who uh, helped us to reach that incredible uh, target. You can still donate as well if you just haven't had the chance to donate yet. Um, or if you didn't know about it, you can go to uh, www.justgiven.com slash page slash wellgoodmovies. Uh, it should still be active uh, for still the first few weeks of January. So go ahead over there uh, if you are able to help out. So Craig, shall we get to our 2022 recap?
1: Yeah, sounds like a plan.
0: So, our 2022 recap, and let's go over the films that we watched in total. So, we started off the year, as Craig said, with uh, The Room. So, after winning the uh, Endgame Champions Cut, Ed and Alex chose The Room uh, to start us off. And then that kind of led us on our trainer movies. So, we then since had Sherlock Holmes, Snatch. The Italian Job, The Dark Knight, A Town Called Panic, Akira, Your Name, Dr. Jekyll, and Sister Hyde. We recapped all of those in our Mid-Year Movie Vault update, so if you want to sort of get an overview of those discussions, go check that out. And then after that update, we had Frenzy, Erin Brockovich, Avatar, Shape of Water, Paddington, Paddington 2, 28 Days Later, Paranorman, Beetlejuice. Nightmare Before Christmas, Anna and the Apocalypse, Olive the Other Reindeer, and we also threw in some extra festive shorts in there with Angela's Christmas and Robin Robin. So from Frenzy onwards, those are the ones which we haven't kind of like recapped um, or sort of talked about since. Um, But as a whole, Craig, just looking at the whole 2022 lineup, what are your thoughts on how that year went? Obviously, it was the first year that we were doing the kind of like each film connects to each other, having the guests suggest films to us every episode. How do you think that's gone? And what do you think about the collection of films we ended up with?
1: I mean, I genuinely like the collection. I think in the end, we do get a a diverse range of films in the end. It did manage to break the sort of clusters that we had towards the beginning, which, um, granted, I think there's a degree to which we had to intervene ever so slightly in a couple of instances. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would like it if we could naturally sort of get that genre crossing a bit more naturally as opposed to you know having times we have to go we need an animated film or we need a, a a season uh perspective film or uh we need sequels in order to bridge the the gap i've said it before i'll say i'll say it again i think the only thing we actively need i think is just i think we need like a few more car wrecks suggested for our i think everything that people have suggested has been a degree to which everyone has seen some quality in that film and wants it defended granted we've sort of disagreed on the extent to which we've we felt that which is why not everything that we've talked about has gotten into the movie vault for example but there's never been anything which is like enjoyably bad i guess i get i i guess there's only one film that i i think probably the worst film of that group and i say film because i think like all of the other reindeer <laughs> i still do not think of as a film it is not a film um I think, I think the worst of those films is the one I think is just, it they, it wasn't enjoyable. Mm. Um, I think you know what film I'm talking about. Um, so even just talking about it to a certain degree just made me feel sick.
0: <laughs> I would say I would agree in that the, the collection as a whole, I think, does work quite well. I think you have a good amount of variety in there. I think, obviously, sometimes, you know, you do get things to sort of stick together and... I think it is important to kind of challenge people and be like, you know, oh, now we want something animated and, and play to people's strengths. Like when you got certain guests coming on and I guess it challenges them to think outside the box, which led to what still one of my favorite connections of the entire year, which was the dark Knight to a town called panic with Paul yeah. having the Lincoln theme of chaos. I just, you know, I thought that was brilliant. Um, and I think still stands out as one of the best connections that we've had. And yeah, I would still say, though, like, looking at it, it's it's weird how there is kind of, like, a general feel or vibe for a lot of the films, even though there are some standouts. It seems like all of them, maybe not every single one, but just as a collection, either has some idea of, like... Identity. There's a lot of stuff about like very gothic themes, like period, dark films in there, considering that you've got things like Sherlock Holmes from the beginning, which is like a period sort film. You're then continuing that a bit with things like Jekyll and Hyde. Then you've got still like the dark kind of spooky elements with Shape of Water and a lot of the Halloween films we have. So I think that's quite interesting. Not sure if that's something that would continue if like you said, you would just have a lot more variety or if then 2023 becomes the year of...
1: Happy, cheesy stuff, or, you know, I don't know. I just think that there are enough notable exceptions throughout the year that I don't personally see that as a trend. Mm. Okay. I think there's a degree to which the majority of things that people have suggested have been relatively mainstream insofar as, like, their critical uh, reception. Yeah. Because even the things which I think are a bit more novel, such as, say, uh, like the the anime period that we slowly go through, mm. they're still both highly recognized anime Uh, anime movies uh, within the field and also just known quite widely Mm. so it's unclear exactly i don't know i thought with the the sort of range of film people that we had over the year i thought somebody would try and you know break the niche a little bit uh like a little bit i think obviously some people have tried i think probably the most out there thing we actually do end up discussing is probably dr jekyll and sister Hyde. yeah because that is something i just never heard of and it was Something I'll give you that, and also a good example I'd say, apart from
0: a town called Panic and Dark Knight, also a very good connection because that idea of like just the double identity yeah. with uh, your name, and then having that applied over to Doctor Jack and Sister Hyde, that was a, an effective connecting theme, but within two completely different movies. Yeah, so yeah, I you know I would definitely agree that there are some standouts in that regard, and yeah, even though we go through like that kind of anime period, there is still the element of. Both of them are still quite different films, obviously, from de- very different time periods in terms of when they were made and um, the types of visuals that they use in. But, you know, like I said, I think still have some similar elements of like science fiction, etc. because I suppose mainly what I'm thinking as well is just certain genres haven't turned up at all. Mm. And I think that going into this year, I think similar to you, I don't I'm not so much looking for car wrecks or train wrecks. I would just like to see a few more films which are like are they worth remembering so when we look at that rather than are they worth remembering because again it's this big famous film like well of course it is it's you know one of the most celebrated films of all time I would like to see a few more considered mediocre films or forgotten films to actually say yeah is this worth remembering we forgot about this so a lot of films that are overlooked or people have forgotten about always actually like hey this is actually great it's just that that was up against one of the biggest films of the year when it came in the cinema so everyone forgot about it so i would love a few more films like that and also just like I said just a few more rogue niche choices um especially in regards to genre
1: so what genres haven't actually come up then because i thought we've had like a fairly good gambit
0: we have, I think so. I, th- I think at one point I suggested a comedy and you were like, oh, I would love to go down comedy at the moment because we were in quite a serious phase. So I think maybe all out comedy is something that we haven't had as much, maybe something like Paddington, but.
1: Yeah, I feel like the only outright sort of comedy we've had definitely falls over in the animation car- uh, category.
0: Yeah maybe just like pure science fiction, I suppose we haven't had, you know, we've had dabbled with it, but we've not had anything, which is like a pure space film or anything like that. Yeah, sure. Um, I'll give you that. So yeah, I think that there's still a lot I of I knew stuff. I was
1: right about the classification of Avatar.
0: <laughs> so there's still quite a few uh, areas we can go down, which I look forward to in 2023. And I think if it's similar to this year, then I think that there's all possibility of that happening based on uh, the people who come on and uh, the type of films that we've already seen, uh, suggested uh, was there any specific films like to you craig that stood out from the entire run which you like never really you know should wish you would wit- watched sooner or that you already liked but grew a new appreciation for
1: so i think there's going to be i think there's probably going to be three that i highlight here uh one is obviously my my opinions on a town called panic have not changed i described that film as this is my new love and i think there is a degree to which that still sounds true Second is Paddington 2, because obviously, you know when you just sort of have to avoid something because its popularity is a bit of a meme? Yes, yeah. And I was just like, I don't want to sort of break that image in my head. True. But then you have to sort of acknowledge everything that we said about that film as just being correct. And I think there is... And I've actually watched Paddington 2 since, again, Mm. um, which is I still think is a bit of a surprise that that I would do that. But it it still had me tearing up towards the end so it there's something there and i think there is i probably should have watched it sooner but obviously for those who know my the story behind behind the first paddington you'll understand why i stayed away for as long as i did uh the third insofar as like standing out um because it's still stuck with me it still horrifies me every now and then Is frenzy that film has scarred me (laughs) thanks mary all, i'm sorry that's all i can that's all i can really say like i i genuinely cannot use the in context the word lovely anymore like there are just times anytime i see a, a woman walk f- through a door to go home i just hear the phrase like you're my type of woman and i just get a bit scared
0: and i uh, just don't get you on a potato truck anytime soon
1: yeah I, I like sorry it was a nice experiment but i wish i'd never seen it <laughs> Well, as we were saying, like in
0: terms of highlights, I wouldn't put that as like, you know, again, a film that I like loved or anything, because Mary has said herself that like a lot of people be like, why is that one of your favorite films? So again, I can understand that that's very personal to her, not one that I came away being like, oh, I love that. But again, what we were talking about, what we would like to see in 2023 and what you know ended up in in that lineup you know i wouldn't take that out like said i think that it was great that we did get something that was so rogue so different um you know so i would encourage people to do that in the future maybe just don't scare craig or traumatize him just as much
1: look i'm sorry it is just a visceral reaction i had to that film right there are probably going to be films in like the same sort of same sort of area that will probably not affect me to the same degree i just don't know what it was about that one film that got me so much
0: definitely um Me and the likes of Ed and Alex have have traumatized you with films in the past as well. So we're all guilty of it, just in different ways. I also have watched Paddington 2 again since uh, doing that episode over Christmas. Obviously, it's an ideal time to do it. I think me and my mum were looking for something to watch around the Christmas period. And uh, she was like, oh, I don't think I've actually seen Paddington 2 because... All the moments she was talking about of liking Paddington were from the first film. I was like, Yeah, I don't think you've seen the second based off what you remember of Paddington. Yeah. So um, we were, and it was just ironic because she was talking about how she used to love pop up books when she was a child and she had this old one that she found for Hansel and Gretel. I was like, Oh, that's a plot element in Paddington too. And then uh, she was like, Yeah, I definitely don't think I've seen that film then. So we watched it again. And yeah, I found myself. Really getting invested in the sense of like, oh, I can't wait for the like the prison outfit scene in which like you know he gets the washing wrong and like you get the cut which is them all in pink. And I was looking forward to the joke when you know they're all in the booth and all the people are introduced and then there's the whole like that's the light switch, that's not the microphone. So there was just so many moments I was looking forward to during that, which uh, you know proved to me that it you know has. You know stayed with me as a as an enjoyable film like you a town called panic was still you know a a, a big surprise and very much a, a a joy to watch i think uh the italian job was also one still for me that i really enjoyed um, which i talked about in our mid-year recap that still stick stuck with me in terms of one that i'm like yeah that is one of like my favorites of all time films because it's just so fun and so of its time uh Akira also won, you know, grew a level of respect for it. I was after seeing it once before, but kind of being like, oh my god, that's just such a trip, I don't know what to make of it. was the second time I could kind of like absorb more of it, take more of it in. Um, and I guess, you know, for the second part of the year, a lot more of it was stuff that I had seen before. Shape of water was similar to Akira in that I've been meaning to w rewatch that for a long time. So I did get a extra sort of appreciation for that film by watching it again similar with Beetlejuice, uh, but I wouldn't say there's anything that sort of stood out as much in the second kind of wave mainly because again there was a lot more which I was familiar with um than there was in in the first sort of wave of films um and as you know there was maybe some which I wasn't as fussed on as uh as yourself in terms of something like Anne in the Apocalypse I didn't enjoy that one as much um, I knew you were going to just say that just to twist the knife in. I was trying to think of one and I was like looking at the list. I was like, this is the only one. But you had the same experience with Paranorman in a way. You didn't enjoy that as much as like myself and Nia. So I think... Yeah,
1: I've the- I, I, i yeah, I've sort of gotten over a lot of my gripes. Of the- I, I still don't like the film, but...
0: Mm, yeah.
1: So, yeah, I, I think...
0: Those those highlights still definitely come from the first part of the year, but I'm definitely glad that we got to speak about, like I said, Paddington, Shape of Water, Beetlejuice, a lot of like classics that we've managed to get around to. And just the chaos of ending on all of the other reindeer is, you know, very fun as well. Like that was, again, one of the most inventive connections yeah. we've had, you know, in terms of linking one film to another, because... That was something that was mentioned in the film, whether it's intentional or not. But I don't think many people would watch that and be like, oh, that's a reference to that like weird animated TV special. And talking about it with, you know, (laughs) with Mary especially and, and Chris, it was just fantastic because as we saw with Frenzy, you know, like Mary's got a taste in you know the sort of more darker stories and yeah. so then to have that kind of like abundance of positivity from olive especially i just loved when i was like editing that episode and listening back and mary just being like just hit the gas man just get rid of that dog and i was just like yeah this is just great in terms of like us collectively hating on olive <laughs> the reindeer um but also enjoying it for its lunacy uh, as well is there anything craig that you think you will specifically yourself be pitching or want to be pitched in terms of the types of films you think you'll suggest
1: so i may not have mentioned my strategy for whenever i pitch films on the podcast before um i always said i was going to alternate between something i think is actually enjoyable and something i think i just want to see people's reactions to negative reactions that is um I feel like I might just go I might just actually skew the balance a bit and actually just go for things which I think skew more of a negative reaction every now and then but I will always disguise it so nobody has no any idea of what I'm actually pitching. I won't lie about films but I will just very very heavily mask things. Cuz like I think that's sort of necessary in order to... cuz we we talk about this show, you know, appreciating Uh, the good because of you know how many contrasts against the bad but i think you can only really do that when you have a significant amount of bad to do that against exactly
0: yeah yeah i think for myself i'm definitely going to kind of be champion older films i think we had a lot of films which are kind of like more modern uh this year so i would see a lot more classics um a lot like old school hollywood stuff from like different time periods i would love to see get some more like old hollywood films in there um And like I said, just some kind of like random unknown films and ones that you said, maybe not so much again, like purely awful films, but just ones that people have forgotten about or just very like strange or mediocre. So I think that there will be a few random picks that I might have this year, along with some sort of like forgotten and and more classic films and different genres as well as i mentioned earlier so let's flip back over to some questions we had on social media then just to uh break up our discussion a bit and uh, talk about the film vault as a whole uh, because some of those questions kind of do refer to the the movie vault everything that's in there rather than just this year so the dan and joe film show asked us is there any chance in this universe or a parallel universe that craig could learn to cherish
1: phantom thread sincerely dan and joe I don't know how many times I have to tell you guys this. You have your opportunity to come back on the show and defend that film. Like, I I, I don't know why you aren't taking this opportunity. I guess at this stage it's like you said earlier.
0: With uh, oh, we've tried guide people. It has to be animated. As we, this do we just go? It has to be Phantom Thread. <laughs> What's the <laughs> damn point? It has to be a Daniel Day Lewis film made in like a certain year. So whether the Phantom Thread discussion will have to be a bonus episode at some point slotted in there, uh, we'll have to see. I, I definitely. I think I would look forward to though like you said with films we've had this year of having like oh you know like re-watching it trying to understand it more I'm not saying that I would yeah but I think it would be interesting to go back and see you know will I look at it through different lens through different glasses see it in a new way or like am I it even more or just feeling justified in my opinions so that episode will be coming Dan and Joe let us know your availability and we will we will find out when is best to put it but yeah I don't think in when we're here in a year's time, I don't think you want to be having Phantom Thread as one of the films listed as the year, which led to another Paul Thomas Anderson film or another...
1: Yeah, it, I mean, it isn't. We've, we've already specified that it will get a discussion at some point because obviously, yeah. like, it was in the film vault. We took it out. <laughs> so
0: on that note, <laughs> Stefanos, uh, who has uh, been on the show many times before, asks, is there
1: any particular film that has been added to the vault
0: that you regret
1: putting in? I'll be honest, I just, I cannot remember everything we've put in. So I need to physically see it to answer that question.
0: Well, if we're sticking on the the theme of this year, I'll just remind you of what we've put in this year. Obviously, yeah. later on, I'll remind everyone at home and ourselves about everything that's in there at the moment. But similar, I don't think there's anything that stands out to me from the entire run that um, I regret putting in. Um, I think we had that episode in which we kind of revised it and took out things that just didn't feel that we discussed enough, which felt justified to be in there or were just kind of thrown in there. Yeah. Um, whereas I think there was still enough films that we necessarily didn't like, or one of us didn't like that we still kept in there because we appreciated the opinion of yeah. others or, or why it went in. But for this year, going to the movie vault from 2022, Sherlock Holmes, Snatch, The Italian Job, The Dark Knight was already in the film vault, Town Call Panic, Akira, Your Name, Shape of Water, Paddington, Paddington 2, 28 Days Later, Beetlejuice, Nightmare Before Christmas, Anna and the Apocalypse, and Robin Robin. So anything from that you would say you would regret? Again, I don't know if regret is the right word.
1: But- yeah, I agree. I don't think regret is the right word. Um, I guess the only thing I can answer is because it was the only it was the only thing from that list that I didn't really have a pure opinion on putting in, and that was because of the recording schedule. I cannot say whether or not Robin Robin deserves to be in there because i haven't seen it yeah so i don't know if i regret it going in or not i regret not watching it and therefore not having a pure opinion to put it in mm-hmm. although i'd also argue um if there's going to be like that element of regret that episode is somewhat reminiscent of like an a style of of episode we used to do before that you yourself didn't want to go back (laughs) to and sort of go away from coming away from the old days. You wanted it to be a singular film discussion so that everyone would have watched their things and would have had like pure ability to talk about them. Because before there were so many things we would just put in and people just say, oh, I don't know. So that's reminiscent of the old times. So in a way, I sort of regret it for that. Yeah. Because I don't want that to become a precedent again. No, well, I think at the
0: time I was just fearful. I think possibly it could have still happened, but all of the other reindeer, there wasn't enough to discuss. It was a bit too short. So I think that um, I put it in there to the fear that we wouldn't have enough to discuss. But I think now I regret that I just didn't have the faith that we would still have enough of fun time talking about Christmas, talking about that film, talking about facts trivia christmas end games whatever right. yeah I, I definitely i don't say i regret it because i think robin robin i i saw it and it is a beautiful film it's really endearing and it's a great example of stop motion which we had discussed uh, many times in the year as well but um yeah i definitely don't think going forward i'd want to see that come back i think on reflection i was like yeah this was too much and i went back to the days of putting several films in the um, or it's discussed in several films when you want to give that one film its due. So the other one that stands out to me, and again, I don't think, again, this isn't regret, but I think the only one which I look back on, and as we said before... You, you say know, Anna
1: and the Apocalypse, i no, killing you. I'm not you. saying
0: Anna in the Apocalypse. I think you will agree with me on this one. So uh, while I've said that there's ones which I didn't agree with, like Anna in the Apocalypse, I think the time has not aged well on my opinion of Snatch. I think Thank when, you. I, when I look back on all of those films and I'm like... I think justifiably, you know, Reese was on there, one of his all time favorite films. You know, Paul had a lot of good things to say about it. But for me, I think I it hasn't stuck with me that much. I'm glad that I saw rewatched it. And I, I think that there is a lot to kind of remember well about it. But compared to a lot of the stuff we have for the rest of the year and previously in the Italian job, I still don't think that that maybe is actually one of Guy Ritchie's best works
1: I, I tried saying this at the time and none of you would listen to me <laughs> so you're all just like oh you didn't grow up with the film of course it doesn't strike you in the same way no
0: I, I there was a lot i liked about it but i think it's just again i, I don't know if it was just when i look back at it, it wasn't just one of the the best or the highlights of the entire run of films that we had so again
1: don't regret it going in so what you're saying is if you had the opportunity to change your vote Potentially. Yes,
0: yeah. I think that's the one which I would maybe go back and say, actually, on reflection or a bit more time to stew, I don't think that I would have agreed that it should go in. So, Yep. There's your answer, Steph. And uh, thank you uh, to everyone who sent us questions. Thank you, Dan and Joe. Thank you, Stefanos. And uh, thank you to Nal and Lucy, who give us our questions from earlier as well. So, uh, Craig, uh, looking on that second half, then, is there anything else you wanted to pinpoint from Frenzy, Aaron Brockovich, Avatar, Shape of Water, Paddington 1 and 2, 28 Days Later, Paranorman, Beetlejuice, Nightmare Before Christmas, or Anne in the Apocalypse, and all of the other reindeer?
1: I still feel Aaron Brockovich was robbed but this... <laughs> now, in, fa- in fairness, I'll actually say this now, I think insofar as like remembering things about it going forward, not as much from Aaron Brockovich has sort of stood out to me, so I understand it not going in. I still stand by everything I said by the film, but I understand the decision for it to not go in more. Um, your opinions on Anna and the Apocalypse still astound me. <laughs> I think I, I've, I've gone and listened to the soundtrack several times at this point. Like- True. I have, to be fair, I will say
0: I've gone back to those songs quite a bit, but I think, again, it's just the film as a whole. I couldn't like credit as much, but you know. Yeah, you're I, wrong. <laughs> um, for me, obviously, I think Avatar stands out. Just, again, it was fantastic having Jesse on the episode. It was a great discussion and bringing up a lot of things which people have started to talk about recently about saying, you know, it's a weird kind of almost. Blackface element to the idea of like this, like white dude taking on the identity of like a character which has a lot of uh, influences from you know like African culture and the fact that then Avatar: The Shape of Water has come out, a lot of people have re-brought up that criticism and a lot yep. of creators have said that. So you know it was good to know that we weren't alone on thinking that and having that reading of it. And Avatar: The Shape of Water, like I said, I can watch Avatar because you're watching it in that kind of like 2009 kind of mindset. But watching the new one, I was like, yeah, this does bother me a bit more now, actually, because I'm watching this in 2022 with a, a different mindset. And if you had kept Sam Worthington, maybe I would let it pass. But the fact that they've also got like Kate Winslet coming in there, I'm like, uh, this doesn't I'm not comfortable with this. And yeah, I think. I'm glad that Avatar didn't go into the movie vaults, I think, because for everyone at home, obviously, like, Craig, you haven't seen Avatar The Shape of... Uh, <laughs> I was joking in my head <laughs> that we have Avatar Shape of Water, the next film. And it's funny that it looks like the title of the sequel, Avatar yeah. The Way of Water. So I've seen The Way of Water, you have not. I refuse to. Um, and I think that that is fine and justifiable because I think that watching... The Way of Water, I know there's a lot of people who really love that film. There's a lot of people who give it five stars, give it four stars. Um, I kind of just give it a kind of mediocre three um, because I revisiting that world and watching those visuals in the 3D. I was kind of like, yeah, I still don't think that this is one that should be remembered for all time in the way that we do with the movie vault. Obviously, I think that, yes, it should be remembered for what it's done for technology cinemas is fantastic there everybody is coming out in droves and watching it i love that i want cinemas to do well But I just don't think that it's reinventing the wheel in any space. Yes, it did a lot for 3D. But let's not forget that 3D was a thing before Avatar, even when you're looking back in the days of, like, Creature of the Black Lagoon and things like that. So 3D has always been a thing. So I don't even think that it has that to its credit. It did a lot for CG, yes. But again, you look at, like, filmmakers like George Lucas, who pioneered a lot of what Avatar continued to do in terms of creating entirely CG worlds. And yeah, the, the sequel just mimics so much of the original, it emphasizes how much of that franchise is based on derivative ideas. I think the first one is a bit more excusable, that you kind of want to introduce this world, and this broad story, and these big ideas and visuals, but then complicate it, add something else in the sequel, and then to not, and just do a kind of beat-for-beat beat remake, I did lose even more respect for the kind of franchise as a whole. I think again, I I think it's perfectly fine popcorn fodder. I think it's fun. There's some great visuals in it. There's stuff that I can enjoy. But it's it's not one that, you know, I, I'll be revisiting anytime soon, definitely. That was a highlight for me in just terms of the discussion that we had Yeah. Um. overall. And yeah, I think apart from that, I, I, th- I think it was, it was a fun time having that kind of like Halloween period. 28 Days Later was quite a kind of felt like we were like watching a low budget film because it was obviously so early in Danny Boyle's career. And um, that was one which has got this big legacy, and it was it was great to kind of like see why that is. See a lot of actors that turned up in Paddington Two, for example. You know, so th- there was some fun connections there, and the fact that it kind of turned up in in End Games and things like that as well.
1: I will say, I do find it really surprising how much of our Horror Month actually was relatively light. Yeah, because Twenty Eight Days Later isn't like a, a full on zombie film. It's obviously Um, a zombie-esque, but not quite. But then the rest of the month ends up being, what, Paranorman and Beetlejuice? Yeah. Films which most people sort of very much enjoy from, like, their childhood eras. I'm surprised that nobody tried to give us anything, frankly, darker, to be honest. Yeah, Um, more
0: scary, more gruesome.
1: More adult, I think, is probably the thing I'm looking for. Granted, I appreciate that as somebody who is not big on horror. I'm just surprised that it wasn't... I, it wasn't a direction that people wanted to necessarily go in or I don't know I can't remember exactly what the suggestions from other people from those episodes were mm.
0: I think we were still looking at like the kind of theatrics of Halloween and everything like that yeah I suppose it's just that the connections weren't there or the previous films weren't there to kind of like make that as easy to do so yeah I think that while I said about genres that we've missed previously, I think that horror has been there throughout the year in some ways, but we haven't had a straight up horror, you know, when you think of the exorcist or something like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm surprised nothing like that did turn up. Um, but yeah, it was a fun time talking about like a lot of those theatrical films, and even going into Christmas, we still embraced a lot of that with Nightmare Before Christmas and in the Apocalypse. Nothing, neither of those, which are like traditionally a Christmas film, a yeah. Halloween film, they sort of mix all of that together. So yeah, I was surprised how much we sort of went down that line. And I guess again, like you said, looking ahead at the year, year, will we sort of deviate from that? Will we be as as heavily like it's Halloween? We have to have three Halloween films. Will yeah. we kind of see it naturally take its course or not?
1: Okay, take those podcast episodes, rewind them and play them again because it's VHS Corner, Editorial Edition. So I think it's important to note that there are times where David and I, uh, after an episode has gone out, uh, whether that be relatively soon after it or quite a bit of time after it, uh, we'll look at things that we could have done, whether that be uh, pieces of trivia about the film that would have been worth discussing, Uh, notes of discussion that we should have had about certain films or even just things we should have done in certain editions of the end games. Uh, So I've gone back and I've looked at a couple that I think are sort of important to look back on. So the first thing and this was even brought up in the episodes and at the time I did have a defense for it but the more I think about it the more it actually would have been it would have been fun to see the scramble uh, of it happen plus also give David a chance Mm -hmm. Uh, so in our episode, uh, so in the end game, uh, called Speech Preach, which was the end game that saw David face off against Jesse Gender on famous, uh, sci-fi movie speeches, uh, Jess, Jesse even asked, why did we not include, uh, the famous speech from Blade Runner? So I've seen things you could, uh, you couldn't possibly believe, uh, the ship's on fire. And at the time I did say, um, because of the the point component you would get it from the first sentence Mm. uh which wouldn't make it that entertaining but i also just think that it would have actually been fun watching potentially just building it up and just watching people actually scramble for the the maximum points on that and also this is a game in which david did score zero so it, it might have given him a chance while we're still on the topic of end games um Obviously, the Endgame special has gone up. We're very happy with it. We've, uh, and also one of our favourite rounds, because of the amount of drama it necessarily called, was Da-Dum or Da-Dun. So the shark, the shark film. Uh, so it's obviously come to our attention that there are some shark films that we possibly should have actually addressed on the show itself. David um, is particularly fond of one that he found, which was, and I quote, Noah's Shark. Um, a film I can only de- I can only imagine is just about some some random shark just destroying destroying a boat. Uh very much like most shark films, I imagine. However, the other one, which is, a, which is a big missed opportunity for us, is we did a joke title for Sharknado 4, uh, but we never actually addressed what the real title of Sharknado 4 was. And realistically, we probably should have, because I think it is the sort of title that would have in- encourage somebody to think it's a false title so i won't ask you to say it but do you know what the title of sharknado 4 is
0: Mm, no i don't think
1: so it's global swarming oh okay (laughs) yeah we should have had that somewhere yeah and uh to bring that on so that is uh a missed opportunity there
0: I also seen this since as well. I don't know if this is real.
1: Oh my okay, so David has shown me a poster for a film potentially called Santa Jaws, and it's <laughs> a shark with a Santa hat. The final thing to talk about is actual trivia. So this is more in line with what VHS Corner itself should be. As we've already said, David and I have since gone back and rewatched Paddington 2, uh, and we still enjoyed it and the various sort of elements to it. One element that we didn't discuss properly, um, and we probably should have, um are some of the choreographed dance elements with uh, Hugh Grant's character, specifically in the jail. Um, not only are those sequences fantastic, but we've now come to learn since who the choreographer of all the dancing in Paddington who was. And for anyone who happens to be a Strictly Come Dancing fan, you'll be happy to know that all the dancing in that film was literally choreographed by Craig Revel Horwood, a.k.a. A significant judge for that program. And obviously, because that is such a significantly large name attached to that film, we probably should have discussed him to some capacity, whether that just be in the show itself, uh, you know, so that the same acknowledgement that, say, all the writers and directors necessarily get, um, or even just in VHS Corner it's, uh, itself. So that is something that we probably should have addressed. Um, Happy to say that's all I could necessarily find. If you think there's something that we should have addressed, uh, please let us know. We'll probably do the same. We'll probably do the same thing uh, over the year itself, so we have a much better idea of if we are missing them. But hopefully, there will be no missed opportunities coming up.
0: Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, if there's um, some fun facts that you know about a film or something like a dedication uh, to, you know, why a film was made, then, uh, yeah, do always let us know. We'd love to know uh, more information of when we're discussing uh, these big, small or or large films, especially if somebody has worked on it or something like that. That's always uh, interesting to know. So, yeah, we've uh, rounded off our look back there. So, as promised, uh, we will now give you our kind of recap of what is in the movie vault altogether uh, up until this date so that is encapsulating uh, up until this stage uh, all of our main episodes as we've alluded to in this episode you know we had episodes in the past in which we talked about entire franchises or topics so there's more films that went in there uh, as opposed to just like the one sole film that goes in ...potentially for each episode from the past year. So this is everything that we've had in our previous 74 episodes. Um, our next episode will be episode 75. going to do this from uh, the date that the film was originally released. So uh, the full list will end on the newest film essentially. So I'll start things off. So first of all we've got The Kid, The Man Who Laughs, Frankenstein, The Invisible Man, The Great Dictator, It's A Wonderful Life... Sunset Boulevard, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Rafifi, The Bridge on the River Kwai, Mary Poppins, Gamira vs Gaios, The Italian Job, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, The Rocky Horror Picture Show, Star Wars, The Muppet Movie, The Empire Strikes Back, The Shining, Excalibur, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, Return of the Jedi, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Gremlins, The Muppets Take Manhattan, Beetlejuice, Akira, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Home Alone, Edward Scissorhands, Star Trek The Undiscovered Country, The Muppet Christmas Carol, Groundhog Day, Jurassic Park, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, Mortal Kombat, Toy Story, GoldenEye, Muppet Treasure Island, Happy Gilmore, 101 Dalmatians, Live Action, Volcano, Mulan, The Prince of Egypt, Human Traffic, and Big Daddy from 1999. So carrying
1: on, we have Snatch, Shrek, Gosford Park, 28 Days Later, X2, so X-Men 2, The Room, Elf, Shrek 2, Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, Rent, V for Vendetta, Little Miss Sunshine, Hot Fuzz, Good Luck Chuck, Trick or Treat, Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street, Kung Fu Panda, The Dark Knight, Star Trek, A Town Called Panic, Sherlock Holmes, How to Train Your Dragon, Tron Legacy, X-Men First Class, The Avengers, Man of Steel, Whiplash, X-Men Days of Future Past, Paddington, Avengers Age of Ultron, Mad Max Fury Road, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Zootopia, Captain America Civil War, Your Name, Wonder Woman, The Shape of Water, Anna and the Apocalypse, Paddington 2, Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, Parasite, Joker, Knives Out, Trolls World Tour, Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, and Robin Robin.
0: Awesome. So that is our Movie Vault list up until now. Let's see what gets added to it this year. Craig, any... Reminders there for, regarding Stefanos' question earlier or any
1: other thoughts? Things we regret going
0: in. Or <laughs> well, just reminders of uh, the list as a whole, how you think it shapes up with everything from this year as well.
1: Yeah, so I mean, there's there's a lot to enjoy there. Obviously, there are a few that necessarily... Stand out yes. Yeah. And the thing is, they have justifications which don't necessarily rely on the quality of film itself, but purely on the circumstance of those films. Mm. So, for example, it's still weird to me that things like tro- uh, Trolls World Tour is in there. <laughs> I think this is a film that neither of us have seen. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, and we just couldn't, we couldn't oppose it going in because it was released in a way uh during a time in which nothing was being released, so yeah. we sort of had to acknowledge it.
0: Yeah the weird circumstances of causing war with the cinemas and charging people at home. And yeah, it's
1: yeah. very strange. And I also, I also use that as a justification because I know you disagree with it going in. I also think that is the same justification for uh Eurovision song contest going in. It was one of the only things that was a re- release around that time. And I think at the point where people would just starve for new content, I think even if it's not a conventionally good film by like everyone's metric, I think it was still significantly enjoyable Uh, To the point of just breaking a lot of people out of monotony. So I think it was good to recognize it for that.
0: Yeah. And the whole effect of like yeah yeah ding dong and yeah yeah ding dong. A, and a also element. it's
1: somewhat become true given that it predicted that the uk would have uh, the eurovision song contest in 2023 and lo and behold that's happening <laughs> yes yeah, it's very, happening guys <laughs> that's very true although that also means uh, according to its logic russia is gonna win and i don't think that's true
0: no yes definitely not <laughs>
1: um
0: So yeah, and I think, yeah, looking back on it, I I think it's a solid list. Like you said, there's some stuff which is a bit random in there and you need to know the circumstances behind it. But I think hopefully, like I said, from this year going forward as well in 2023 is that there will be a few more like niche choices and like, why is that in there? Or things that, you know, we think are like, yes, this is worth checking out, whether it's good or bad. It's well worth watching, as we say, because there's some element of it which is, creates a conversation
1: quick question because i'm not sure if i read it out did i read out birdman
0: no i don't think that I'm, ever went in
1: i'm genuinely surprised because there was that there was that episode we did before which was sort of cap of the century and i know obviously you were a big defender of birdman winning the oscar mm. so i was surprised that we didn't put it in then I guess a lot of that did get culled because of the whole like
0: we didn't discuss it in length elements so a lot of the ones that were kept from that were just the ones which were like the favourites of ours like Whiplash. Yeah but I'm also surprised
1: you never brought it up in that context that's what I'm saying. Yeah,
0: Um, But I also think that um, it's surprising when you get to like Parasite you think oh that must be it now for the films but you know how many recent films have made it in this such as you know, Joker and then Robin Robin actually being like the most recent one as well, which kind of, again, I kind of like, even though we mentioned earlier, it was unfortunate that we kind of got caught in that trap again of adding too many films to an episode. But I like how Robin Robin is like the finisher of like, you know, going from the beginning of film history to the end. <laughs> this, yeah. This like random cartoon from Ardman about a felt Robin. <laughs> it just is quite funny. And I would be a big believer that again, like this year, you know, I wouldn't want to see anything from necessarily even, you know, twenty. 21 or 2022 you know coming up in our discussions as we said because you kind of need that time to kind of yeah you know get an idea of its impact etc so yep we look forward to what's to come ahead in the year and uh see what we will be discussing what will be added to the movie vault let us know if home if there's anything that you think there should be in there or you would love to see us talk about potentially me and craig and try and pitch it as one of our choices in the end games uh, we would love to know what you would love to hear us discuss
1: we're in the endgame oh! so now. Okay, endgame time. I have no idea what's about to happen here, but <laughs> Dave, David apparently is going to be testing me on film knowledge from this year. As, and I quote, revenge for all the guests. So yeah, um, if we're to make a quick name for this, I guess it's
0: the the two-minute revenge take. <laughs> so... Yep. As Craig mentioned there, I'm going to be testing him on uh, film knowledge from 2022. This is a mix of like film news, film releases that we had throughout the year. You're going to have two minutes to answer these. It's just as many questions as you can get through. Yeah. And then just see what your points are at the end of it. There's no real prize apart from Craig's glory. And just know how much of revenge, I suppose, that we get for yeah. Craig putting in our guests through uh, this kind of torment uh, week on week. So, Craig, are you ready? Yeah. As I said... As many questions as we can get through, you can pass. If there's a wrong answer, we'll just move on. So starting now. Which filmmaker took over as head of DC Films along with Peter Safran? James Gunn. Correct. How many weeks did We Don't Talk About Bruno spend at the top of the UK charts? Six weeks. damn it will smith got in trouble last year for his controversial slap at the oscars but what one direction star caused confusion when defending smith while speaking in a weird irish accent
1: oh uh liam Payne. correct yeah uh in 2022
0: what film franchise had the return of jokes and criticism for its use of the papyrus font in its title and marketing Avatar? Correct. What film was considered to be Disney's biggest flop of 2022, amassing to date a box office total of 70 million worldwide? Is that Strange World? Correct. What film was the top grossing movie of the year with 1.4 billion worldwide before Avatar The Way of Water took over?
1: Top Gun Maverick.
0: Correct. An announced remake of comic book film The Crow will have which star of it as its lead actor? Oh, Who the hell is it? Uh, Pass. Bill Skarsgård. Okay. What film from March 2022 saw Daniel Radcliffe play an eccentric billionaire doing what he wants, yet wasn't playing Elon Musk? Can you repeat the question, sorry? What film from 2022 saw Daniel Radcliffe play an eccentric billionaire doing what he wants, but wasn't playing Elon Musk? Pass the lost city what film starring Harry Styles and Florence Pugh produced arguably more drama behind the scenes and in the press than in the film itself don't worry darling correct what part of the title of his new Benoit Blanc mystery film did director Rian Johnson not wish to be present can you repeat sorry what part of the title of his new oh knives out knives out mystery you've got to give me that I'll accept that yeah so you uh finished with a the total there of seven points, and that was on your eleventh question, so quite a quite a decent result, I think there Wait, seven out of eleven. I thought I only passed like twice well, that was the eleven uh no ten questions yeah yeah 11.
1: okay i yeah, yeah, I got one wrong. Yeah. I got the, the six, seven one. Yeah, fair enough.
0: I think some of the ones which I didn't get to, I'm still tempted to know whether you can. Yeah, know. go for it. So what 2022 animated film featured the voice talent of Kate Blanchett as a circus monkey? Is that Pinocchio? Yeah. What 2023 film released a teaser trailer in 2022 mirroring elements of 2001 A Space
1: Odyssey? Um... pass barbie <laughs>
0: um let me just see if there's any others that i did want to hear your yeah. answer from um uh, this one i'm just surprised if you just didn't which movie character had tea with queen elizabeth the at the platinum jubilee concert in june oh i mean obviously Paddington. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, which master of disaster directed the sci-fi extravaganza moonfall
1: M. Night Shyamalan.
0: Roland Emmerich. Okay. And what American singer provided vocals for the song Now We're Cooking from Everything Everywhere All at Once?
1: Shawn Mendes?
0: No, Randy Newman. Oh, <laughs> That is a bit oh, of no, trivia of I told you as well. Yeah. Um, And also, what 2022 film, uh, Christmas film had the tagline, You Better Watch Out? That's... Uh violent night violent night yes <laughs> so yeah an extra i think two three points there was a yeah well done craig uh a valiant effort there for trivia um, yeah seven out of ten is not bad yeah and i think um someone's which i was i was surprised you knew i i wasn't sure if you'd get liam payne <laughs> and uh
1: it, it came up in big fat quiz of the year uh, they actually show uh they showed his clip and they were like what's he talking about yeah and they were like so i i
0: yeah some people actually said on twitter they were like oh it's like he goes from like irish to welsh to like scottish and i was like it's like a weird blend but i was like no i'm pretty that's just irish i don't know where the Welsh comes into that but it does seem like he's dipping in and out of weird accents and a bit drunk
1: i also just don't understand why him of all people was (laughs) commenting on it yeah yeah so obviously we have our uh hopes and our
0: aspirations for the year ahead uh, we had a very fun end to 2022 with our end game special uh, we look forward to the end games and madness that craig has uh, in the year upcoming and uh especially given what the first film is <laughs> yes i was getting to that so uh we will be starting off our discussions for the year with the film seven so if you haven't checked out our Endgame special yet go check it out uh it is loads of fun crazy antics i won't spoil who wins but the winners got to spin a wheel of films that had been suggested in the past but weren't the winning films of those respective end games and the film that uh, the winning team decided well you know somewhat decided but was also randomly chosen uh, was seven Uh, so that will be our next discussion and it would be interesting to see yeah how that leads to to the rest of the year how are you feeling as that as like the trendsetter for the year in terms of connections
1: well i mean i haven't watched the film yet but from what i understand i think there's a couple of potential avenues that we can go down it depends on what people do i think given one of the guests i have an idea of what they might try and pitch and i think it potentially will go down the avenue that we were talking about nobody's given us like outright horror yet which could be interesting
0: Yeah. And I think it's interesting, again, the last year we kind of, well, I suppose it was Sherlock Holmes wasn't too like dark, but again, we're starting with something more, more serious and it'll be interesting to see how we divert into the more lighthearted or go back to stuff like animation, etc. So yeah. At the moment, uh, if you do want to check out uh, Seven, uh, it's available for rental on uh, any of the big rental services. So Apple TV, Amazon, uh, Chili, um, or of course you can check it out on physical media. Possibly by the time that this episode comes out, it might be on some sort of streaming services. Sometimes they do change weekly, uh, but at the time of recording, uh, it is available to rent. So yeah, thank you once again, guys, for a great 2022. Thank you for joining us in our recap and uh yeah if there's any episodes that you've missed uh you want to go back and check our thoughts on do go check them out uh please uh follow us on socials at wellgoodmovies and uh let us know if there's anything you hope to see in 2023 as discuss and uh yeah make sure that your notifications are on if you are following us on uh, any of the podcast outlets so uh on apple podcasts so you can get notified when new episodes are coming out uh if on spotify make sure that you do rates review all of it is much much appreciated thank you also to all our guests from 2022 we uh shouted out a lot of you there but obviously we can't mention everyone at this point but uh we hope to have a lot of you back in 2023 and uh yeah it's been some fantastic discussions and uh, we look forward to what is coming up ahead and lastly again thank you once more for that great achievement of reaching £400 for our fundraiser which we did throughout December and in conjunction with our end game special an absolutely fantastic effort and much much appreciated uh, all uh, for the RSPCA so anything lastly from yourself Craig? This this better be a good year (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed yeah so thank you once again guys and we'll catch you next time Bye bye. See you. To keep up with the latest episodes of Well Good Movies, you can listen to us on all your usual podcast outlets, including Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube, and more. Don't forget to follow us, subscribe, and rate us where you can to keep our podcast growing. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Well Good Movies to keep up with the latest news and highlights from all our episodes, as well as tell us what movies you want to be discussed. In the future. And if all of that isn't enough, you can also find us at our website freshtakehub.com slash wellgoodmovies, where you can catch all our episodes along with videos and articles deep diving into the worlds of film and television. So what are you waiting for? Go check out the film we'll be discussing in next time's
1: episode.